It's the Johnny Pepper. The All-Star Game. It's a real good game. Kucherov is making passes. Yeah. As he pokes the bench. Yeah, defense. (laughs) And welcome back. Uh, We are here. The Johnny Canuck Pot. Johnny, wow. Should we try that one more time? We are back. Johnny Canuck Podcast. It is Adrian and Roy. It is episode 117. We're going to leave all that stuff to be beginning why not this is an unscripted podcast of two average gents who like to talk ice hockey and philosophy so roy how you doing pretty good and philosophy yeah i figured figure we'll throw a bit of that in today yeah what do we want to talk about philosophically anyway i'm doing well um oh i have to share some some to me it's personally some good news oh yes Yes. I have stopped <laughs> drinking Diet Pepsi. No. I have. Say it ain't so. Whoa, whoa. That was one of your favorite songs. Weezer. It's everybody's favorite song. It's not mine. I never liked Weezer. What? No, you and I had a bit of an issue with that. You don't remember? Uh, well, I mean, a lot of people I, I went to high school with had a bit issue with Weezer. What I love about Weezer that nobody gives enough appreciation is um, the ability to sing every song because they sing monotone. I think that's good for all the tone-deaf people in the world. I that's appreciate true. Weezer for that. So thank you, Weezer, for being one of the bands that we can actually karaoke to. True enough. You actually you sound go. better. That's yeah. the cool thing. Yeah, You can actually so, sound be- better singing awesome. their music. At the end of the day, they can still play drums better than I can and the guitar and do all those things, and they make money doing it, where I'm going to I'm going to school to... Um, make money and with a lot of kids, which I'm very good at, but um, probably not as fun as just playing some drums and playing music every time. That's right. Or playing hockey. Or playing hockey. You know, and maybe uh, somebody should send that memo mem- memo to Nikita Kucherov. Yeah. Who was pout- pouting all over the place because he was having a tough time. Mr. Pouty Pouty. Uh, anyway, yeah, quit Diet Pepsi. So, wow. on what water. a quitter. What a I quitter. am a quitter. I'm uh, actually how, I'm proud to quit this one. How long have you been going strong for? Uh, it's about ten days now. Uh, no, that's a lot. Eight days. So, but the thing is, is with this, I when I was drinking the Diet Pepsi, I was up to four seven hundred ninety mils a day. That's a lot. Seven hundred ninety mils. Yeah, it's one of those tall milliliters, what? not mil. So yeah. okay, so in Canada, that's you tall. don't do one and one liter bottles. We do. It's the one below. Well, no, we yeah we have it's one. Not there. a half one liter below. And then we have a five blah 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 ninety three or something. And then we have the five ninety three. What? Uh, Who's uh, choosing hey. this? What, why would you? So the guys are sitting in the boardroom at uh, the old Coca Cola Canada. <laughs> oh yeah, like uh, which Pepsi size should we Pepsi come up with? Pepsi Cola. Oh, you're Pepsi guy. Okay, right. Yeah. So am I. That's so am I. I have yeah. a Pepsi guy. Well, I'm not anymore. Hey, I quit. Let me just say, okay, just, you know, the horror, just to finish the boardroom, like, little anecdote there. They're sitting around, and they're thinking to themselves, hey, what size should we go with? I'm thinking uh, 791. I second that. 791 is well over Pepsi. here. Yeah, I, I third that. 791. Yeah, that's how that went. Do you remember in, yeah. in our school, one of the best things 
one of my best high school memories is uh, right by our lockers there by the gym, the uh, Pepsi machine, and you yes. get an ice cold can of Pepsi. Oh, man. Nothing tasted better nope. than a cold can. A cold one. Pepsi a cold can. A cold Pepsi Cola. A cold yeah. can. Anyway. This episode brought to you by Pepsi. Who's giving us no dollars for this? What are you talking advertisement? about? They're not giving we us have, anything. We have a lineup. It's just we don't <laughs> like any of the sponsors. <laughs> I'm going to actually contact Pepsi and have them listen and tell them there's at least 30 people listening to this podcast <laughs> and may or may and not buy drop, Pepsi. And we drop your name all the time. And if anybody could watch this up until now, I had to die Pepsi every time we did this. Oh, right. So it's actually we're anti-selling Pepsi here, basically. Yeah, well, they never gave us a contract, so. Yeah, that's that. right. You take that, Pepsi. Forget you. You take that, huh? Come with us Forget with your you. lawyers and such. Yeah. Slander. True. Anyway, the anyway. All-Star. I mean, I, I'm i guessing you probably want to talk about the All-Star game. No. But to me. No, I don't. Okay. No. We, you know, we talk about the All-Star game every single year. And I always bring up the same idea I have every year. And you kind of poo-poo it. And yeah, it's, dumb. it's amazing. Should I bring it up again? Should no. I just remind the listeners of the amazing idea that I have? I will tell you now because it actually would be something interesting for us. So this is my idea for the All-Star game. You take the team that's number one in the league. Oh, oh, wait a minute. This actually applies to us, the Vancouver Canucks. You take the team that's first in the league at the All-Star point, and they have to play the Stanley Cup champions for for an extra game, they get 83 games in the season, and it's worth two points. That's it. That's all. That's the All Star game. You play it in Toronto, wherever you want to play it. It's a neutral site. You have the skills. You have all that stuff. You hype it up. Vancouver Canucks versus what, the Vegas Golden Knights. Two two free oh, points. Yay! Another division game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would be off the hook. I'm not a fan. The Huck. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Okay. So what was your idea again? West, East versus West. Five on five. Put the put the red line back in. No two line passes. (laughs) Yeah. 80s style. (laughs) 80s style. Let's go back to the 30s. No forward trap. You must play the trap. (laughs) No forward pass. Let's go back to the 30s. No forward checking allowed. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Touch ice no, I, I, I'll you have be to honest, go back I, and touch it. Just dump it in every time. Get rammed yeah. in the boards. Let's try all the new <laughs> rules that we've never tried before. Oh, no icing, no 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 lines at all. <laughs> just everybody, a center dot. And everybody on <laughs> take all the lines off. Hey, basketball rules, yeah. No yeah. offsides. Nothing. There's nothing. Just free for all. Like handball. Um. Yeah. Why not? Just have a guy down there. I the think. Whole team. That, like yeah, basketball, I, you could have the whole team down. Yeah, just goal. The guy just out. skates it out. They didn't score. The goalie shoots it down. Now it's a three on none. <laughs> uh, I, I'm fine with uh, the way it is because I, I don't care about the game. Um, I, Me neither. I'll tell you about the skills competition last night, though. I liked it for the players. There, it was some, and I guess Connor McDavid helped with some of the skills, uh, gave some insight into some things, and they just right. kind of went back to basics. So. Uh, fastest skater was still there. Hardest shot was still there. They did this passing one that was really hard, actually. And it was fun just watching really good players that Pedersen actually won. 
it, it was fun watching really good players struggle with a, a basic skill, but it just shows you how hard that skill is, I think. It's not like mm-hmm. these guys can't do it. It's just it's an extremely hard skill <laughs> because they had to pass at quite a distance and they had to skate while passing at the same time. So it brought, it brought in elements of the game that I think we, we don't realize uh, how much these guys have practiced these things. Right. Uh, of course, there's a deking obstacle course one where you had to deke through and they just lit up these little, you know, those little gate things with the space that the puck slides under. I forget. I don't know what they're called because I'm not a hockey. I've never played hockey. So, um, and they would just light up and you had to hit all the green ones. It was kind of neat. Um, they had to pass into little nets and Barzell probably shot 40 pucks and couldn't get them into the three little nets. Uh, he was, it was frustrating for him, I'm sure, but comical for everybody watching. At the end, I, I think overall it was it was good all that way. What I didn't like about it was the goalies. Uh, they had two event or one event, and they came in like cold. Oh yeah, they probably did it on purpose. They probably put them a, in a hot bath, like one of those yeah. hot bathtubs, and then they're like, "Oh, you're yeah, on yeah. now." <laughs> yeah, I think they can't move. But the thing is, is it's a breakaway one, <clears> so <throat> they're constantly sliding. Like it's not a safe one. I would take that out. I think if you're gonna have goalies in you get you get them right away they should be the first event and the reason is is because at least they can warm up and then do it and then they're done so the order of the events could change if you're going to do that one but you have to have warm goalies because if one of these guys and it's going to happen tears a groin doing a shootout that is worth nothing to them because the gold top goalie it was most saves but the saves were from i think they had two events actually now i'm thinking about it but the saves were from, you know, very short distances. Like, mm-hmm. and they're, so they're constantly sliding back and forth. But anyway, okay. Um, well, the cool, the cool thing, it was, it, it was better. The best part. thing about the the goaltending, I thought, was uh, the video that leaked of Swayman trying to hug all the goalies when they were leaving Big the changing room, and Demko, and Demko just was just like just walked past. Like, yeah, guess who's winning the Vezina this year, folks? Thatcher Demko. I'm calling it now, y'all. Thatcher, the man. He's he's like he doesn't need to hug Jeremy Swayman. No, sorry. Uh, he's probably a great guy, but Demko means business. This is the season. This is the season, bro. This yeah. is it. The, anyway. We've basically gone all in, man. We let's talk about it. Uh, okay, let's okay. Let's just finish up the All Star game. So so oh. Miller didn't do anything. Petey yeah. harder shot. Well, he won the passing thing, right, Petey? Petey won the, fa- the passing thing, which gives you nothing. It's just points right. because at the end somebody wins a million dollars. Our or captain, sorry. our captain beat Kale McCarr in the in the fastest skater. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Um, JT Miller beat, beat Pedersen in the. Hard I was just going to say, yeah, it didn't. Didn't they had, Miller have more yeah. points overall on the skills? He did. He had the most points. And don't forget, going into this, somebody actually said it's eleven All Stars and JT Miller. I'm just going to say it again. JT Miller is underrated. He's underappreciated. He's underrated. underappreciated. I don't know if it's he's underrated. It's crazy because... I don't think he's underrated. I think we. I think he underappreciated. You don't? Definitely. I don't well, think so. I think when you talk to people... Oh, who my God. Hockey, I, I, I so do. I so do. I don't think so. Because, every, yeah, everybody talks about how how Petey is number one center in Vancouver. Number one center. No, he's not. JT Miller is the number one center in Vancouver. The lotto line is J.T. Miller at center. He is our number one center. Our number yes. one line is J.T. Miller, Brock Besser, and whoever else. 
He's not. Yeah. Tr- he. I just don't think he gets the respect. I don't. The guy's a beast. Oh, I, I don't think he gets the respect. That's the underappreciated part. Right. Um, I think if you talk to hockey people, they all they all say that he is he is a power forward that you don't see in the game a lot, and he's very intelligent. I mean, right. Listen, how many, skill, points, yeah. how many points has he got over the last three years? He's just a point producer. That's what he does, right? And he's got a lot of respect on the on the ice too. I think the reason is is because he plays with an edge, but he also dropped the gloves when it's necessary. Like he's not yeah. cheap, he's not dirty. Plays with an edge, he plays hard, and he's, he's like Linden but better. You know what I mean? Yeah, even yeah, what I Linden would about, do all that stuff. You know, Linden would drop. He, the gloves he would do all that stuff. The you. difference with Linden is, I think Linden um, was almost too friendly, whereas JT Miller's oh, yeah. got that edge that Linden. He just has an edge, and Linden doesn't. Also, Linden wouldn't hold mm-hmm. his teammates accountable the way JT does. But I think yeah, it's different. I think Rick Tockett has really brought a, a culture in there to allow guys to hold each other accountable. Before yeah. there wasn't that culture, so JT Miller seemed like, you know, a jerk, but he actually wasn't. Um, it's just because no one else in that organization would call anybody out. So when you have a culture of, which is what your famous uh, country club culture, when that's the culture, then one, uh, there's going to be a couple people always on the team that are upset with that culture. And then they'll, they'll start just out of frustration when guys aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, displaying it live in front of people, you know, all of those things, right? Cause he's a very mm. emotional guy. And I think that's what happened. Remember his blow up with the backup goalie who was at Delia because he wouldn't leave and go. He wanted, yeah. he wanted to pull the goalie or whatever. And, and Delia is like confused or there, and he slammed his stick and all that stuff. That's because the culture then no one was holding people accountable. So he, he did. Nobody's leading. I didn't either. love it. Nobody yeah. was leading either. So. Nobody. There was, it was just now, a, now a talk group it's of leading. people. Exactly. But talk, it came in established. Uh, kind of a code of conduct within that group. And, and he's said, the alpha dog now too. So yeah, but also he gave him a voice. <clears> he said, you know, we're going to work together. So if you have something you want to say, say it. I'll, I'll listen. And he proves that he listens because he acknowledges it. It's a different culture now in Vancouver. And it's one that all those guys love going to. And that was, that's what any hockey team wants to build. You yeah. want to talk about why Boston's been so successful for so long. It's because of mm. that of the culture in that dressing room. I I'll sit here and say I don't like Brad Marchand, but the what? thing is, we already talked about this. I'm not going to get into it, but it, I I will admit that the culture of that club has to be positive, because you don't do what they did last year. I mean, how many games they lose, like eight or something like that. You don't do what they did last year without the culture being really good, and they're back at the top again, top of the league again. Boston's continually doing this, and it's not like they're riddled with superstar players. They got Pasternak, they got Marshawn, but Marshawn's like 30-something now, 36, 37. So how are they doing it? Well, they're doing it because the culture they've created, everybody is successful and everybody um, is appreciated. That's what Talkit has brought to Vancouver. And now we have six All-Stars because of a trade we made. Yeah. There should be another trade today. I would love the All Star Game to start off with Gary Bettman doing a little speech in Toronto, and then and then right after that, a little pause. He goes, "I've got a trade to announce, and you're gonna like this." Yeah, Tampa should trade. Tampa should trade Nikita Kyle Kucherov back to the KHL. Is what should happen? No, and then the trade is Kyle <laughs> Connor for um, Elias Lindholm. 
in the All-Star game, just an All-Star game trade. I think that would be really fun. Oh, just to put all the Canucks on one team. I think that would be a, I, I think that's the stuff that the All-Star game's missing is those spur of the moment. You have an opportunity here. It's an easy one. It's a, it's a lob in softball. Here you go. Hit a home run. The fans would love it. They'd switch jerseys right there, whatever. Like, is it cheesy? Sure. But everyone would love it. And then, of course, Elliot Friedman would talk to him or Kevin BX would be like, oh, what does it feel like to be traded like twice in less than a week? You know what I mean? Blah, blah, blah. And they have fun with it. But that would be a great PR move, to be honest, wouldn't it? Am I wrong on this? You're wrong. Because who cares? Oh, okay. Honestly. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I opened my mouth. I'm wrong. Who... (laughs) Hey, we've been in, we've been agreeing so much lately. You know what I mean? It's time just to throw yeah. one in the wrench. You know, throw one, throw yeah, a wrench. In can, yeah, you're like can, whatever. I think the Canucks will make the playoffs. I'll be like, you're wrong. Just I mean, the all- I haven't said it. I just think the All Star thing is so stupid. And like Kucherov is like, have you seen? I'm sorry, I'm keep going on this, but have you watched you're, the videos? Have you watched? Did you watch I the watched, uh, stick handling one? Thing. I watched all of it. I watched the stick handling one. Everything. Yeah, it's what an embarrassment. Like, yeah. Are you also, kidding? Like David cheated on that one. But anyway. But I like he's, yeah, he's. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Like, what is the thought there? I'm just, oh, I'm, oh, I'm not uh, going to try. I'm just, his, like, feeling, what? his feeling was hurt. Why? Because he wasn't playing well. He was embarrassed. So he just went half the speed? Yep. Is everyone else? I get. I don't. Like, know. all this, all those other players sitting there at the All Star game are probably thinking, what a jack. But or they're, whatever, yeah, they're going um, like what happening? a loser! Like, <laughs> what is dude, happening? grow up, man. Yeah. A- anyway, it's man. Thank God it's not one of our guys. Like, imagine if that was Petey. He'd be like, uh, yikes! It's a bad look. Anyway, oh, All Star yeah. game, All Star game, two thumbs down. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of it. Just give them the time off. Who cares? But anyway, you got to showcase your stars. NHL has to do it. All the other leagues do it, and it's just a way to get. And I thought they did a better job of it this time. I didn't. I let, the draft, the draft thing, I could care less about. That was, I it was obvious. Vancouver guys were going to choose Vancouver guys. Yeah, yeah. And, well, anyway, I'm. Uh, I haven't watched any of it. So. Good for you. Yeah, Stay true. I mean, I've just seen this, some of the, you know, the uh, video. I saw Petey wipe out during the skating thing. And yeah. uh, the, no no hug, uh, no hug Dem- the no hug Demko, which was, uh, was hilarious. <laughs> uh, but, but let's move on from the All-Star game and uh, talk about our man, Patrick Alvin, getting way new, ahead. New like contract, we, too. Like we were hoping. Yeah, okay, so let's talk about that, too. So JR's got a new contract, two more years. And Patrick Alvin just signed a three-year re-up. <clears throat> and on the same day, announced the trade, the big trade. Yeah. You want to, you, you can announce all the pieces? Uh, Yeah, sure. So, obviously, it's Lindholm is the yep. big piece coming mm-hmm. to Vancouver. And Vancouver sends on uh, our little koozie. Yeah. Kuzmeko. Yeah, Kuzmeko, obviously, that's the salary match. Right. Um, didn't fit the culture. Well, I didn't say the culture didn't fit uh, the structure. He didn't, didn't fit Tocket's structure. So, yeah. he, and the last, the interesting part is I think it was the last game the Canucks played. There's a picture of him. He stayed on the bench in between two, in between periods. 
the horn had gone. He was on the bench for a good five minutes after everybody left. And you could just tell this is just a defeated guy. So I, I'm happy that he gets another opportunity. He had to waive a no, uh, no movement clause though. So his, uh, I think Milstein did a really good job to convince him to go to Calgary. Fresh start. I think that was important. Um, Hunter Bruce Havich, who is the yeah, OHL right. sensation. Yeah. Uh, defenseman, right shot. 19, I think he's 18 or 19 years old, but. Selling anyway, high. Ceiling is high for him right now. No, selling high. Selling high. Oh, I mean, the ceiling, a ceiling could be high for him. Selling high on his, on his year. Um, I, I, I mean, he's going to be a, he's a, a prospect. I mean, we don't know what prospects turn into two years from now. Right. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but there's five prospects from 2018 that aren't having the time of their lives because of poor decisions they made before they came to the NHL. So, hmm. um, He's so anything can happen. Like, so I, I'm not against selling, especially because it wasn't our top guys. Like, these are guys that are knocking on the door next. He's he's got developed still. So the Flames have a chance to develop him. Um, I think that was a big part of the trade, and I, I I'm not unhappy that Vancouver used that leverage to use him. Uh, Yermo, he was never going to make Vancouver. Uh, I think he, they're going to continue to develop him in Finland. He's six four, mobile defenseman. Pretty raw, I think, still. I've seen some good highlights of him, but it's not like he tore up any world or I think, I think he's had eight points in the last three years or something like that. So he's a project. And I think he was just thrown in there as a, to make it just look better, I guess. I don't know. First over our first round pick, not first overall pick, first round pick, uh, which will be anywhere between, I'm guessing 25 and 30, depending on how we come out of the all-star break here. Right. And then, uh, so that's a late first in, in a draft that isn't as deep as it was last year. Every draft is decent, but if you look at the percentage of, of prospects that make it in that range, it's low. So, um, as far as impact players, a lot of prospects have made it, but it's just the impact on that team or right. on their team. Um, and then I think it's a conditional fourth or is, I think there's some conditions on the fourth. It turns to a third. If they fourth, make if they make the Western Conference Finals, is it fourth or does it turn to? Sorry, a third? it turns into a third. Yeah, yeah. If they make the Western Conference Final, so those are the pieces going back, and it seems like everyone's talking about the haul Calgary got. You'd have to love Hunter Bruskevich, I think, in this in this scenario. Um, you're getting Kuzmenko. Could he bounce back? Hundred percent. If Kuzmenko comes back and scores a ton of goals for Calgary, good on them. He wasn't going to do it here. So that's the thing when the Canucks look at the trade. Now, the flip side is Lindholm's only here for 33 games. We don't know what's going to happen with Lindholm. Would Canucks love to sign him? Sure. They're not signing him with anything with an eight or a nine. You can't. You can't. No, 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 no. Um, he's not having a good year. He's turning 30. So if you are going to sign this guy, you better make sure he gels with your team, gives him 33 games. I think he's good insurance for Pedersen in the sense if Pedersen decides he doesn't want to be here, they actually have a centerman that they could sign. I'm hoping everything works out well. I love the boldness of going for it. But that's the trade. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I love the fact – I mean, we talked about this in the past. We talked about Gensel. We talked about Lindholm. We talked about whatever. Yeah. You and I sort of were more of the let's get, let's, let's get a guy who can be part of the core long term. Obviously, that right. wasn't something available, uh, or that probably would have been what they would have done. I love the fact. This is what I love. I love the fact that they basically have already owned the uh, trade deadline. 
They, they basically took right now the number one player off of everybody's, you know, trade board, trade list, whatever, yeah. a month before the trade deadline. You know, they, you know, JR and, and Patrick Alvin, however they did it, they called up Calgary and said, we want him. Let's get this done. You know, we're not hanging up until we get this done. And they yeah. gave whatever they had to had to give, and they didn't give Willander. They didn't give Lekaramaki. They didn't give Hoglander. No. And and they still got it done. The first or, obviously that was going to happen. Yeah. That's a late first for Stavich, yeah. however you say his name. Who knows, right? They still got Willander coming up, and you got you got Quinn Hughes already for the next who knows how many years. So yeah, I mean, will they re-sign him? Who knows. You know, is this uh, is this something that might change Petey's mind a bit? Maybe. Does this make our top six much better? Uh, yeah, that's a right. It's a right uh, right shot. Two way oh, yeah. centerman who is a top six player. This is a legit top six player. His numbers are a bit down, but they've gone down since he, he hasn't been playing with Goudreau and Kachuk. So now you put him with Petey, man. Like this, this could put this team. Over the hump and get get us into the Western Finals, you know what I mean? And I think that was a lot of it. Is um, uh, a lot of people have been talking about, um, you know, where where does he fit in the lineup? Do you keep the lotto line together? I said uh, I believe that this they needed a top six, at least one top six, to purposely split that line. I, I like the lotto line. Don't get me wrong. I think they do a lot of good things. But the thing is, is once teams can focus on that line, if you don't have secondary scoring. That line becomes obsolete anyway. And we, our bottom six is actually driven play in most recent games because we haven't been able to have that secondary scoring, uh, on that second line. Like Suter can't, and let's get, I've told people that Lindholm drives play. He doesn't drive play. He, what he does is, is he under, he's smart. So he's an offensive guy and he bases it off defense. I'm really excited to see how he fits into Tockets thing, but he needs a distributor. That's why you can't keep the lotto line is because if you put Suter with Lindholm and Mikheyev, there isn't a distributor on that line. They'll play great defense. There'll be a great shutdown line. Maybe that's something that you want to do in the playoffs at a critical time is put those guys out possibly, but I don't think they'll have to do that. Um, everyone talks about, let's, I mean, the Oilers right now have won 16 in a row. <laughs> and everyone's talking about them. They've got the best odds to win the cup now. No one's taking bank. Vancouver's not even in the top five. No one even takes them seriously. They really, nope. everyone still feels Vancouver's going to fall off the ledge. Fine. The history, history for this team shouldn't give them a pass to the top. I, I totally agree. And I love it actually. I yeah, love that there's that. Spike. Let's use, and let's use that. Yeah. Let's, the players can use Great. Edmonton's beat, but, beat a lot of weak, te- what they beat four playoff teams in that 16. Yeah, I, I, I did. So anyway, let me just finish my thought on the other thing, but I do have the last 16 games comparison between Vancouver and Edmonton and what's the next 10, what it looks like. Canucks is tough. Well, yeah, and I'm going to compare them. So, um, anyway, so then, so my thought was you've got a team like Edmonton, you're going to have to play them in the playoffs most likely because they're in your division. Um, and let's be honest, Vancouver, I mean, Edmonton has a great chance of passing Vegas if they continue playing as well as they are. If that is the case, you're going to have to play Connor McDavid at some point. So when I look at Vancouver with Lindholm, I see, I see a possibility of matching up well with Lin, uh, with McDavid and Dreisaitl if they have those two lines. Because Edmonton's got two really good scoring lines. They've always had that. 
Vancouver now has it too. If everything gels well, right? We it, It's a big, yeah, it's not a big if, but, you know, until we see it, we don't really know what it looks like, right? But that Suter, Miller, Besser line, I quite enjoy. I think it's I, a good line. I think they might still try to upgrade that. I, might, that's, oh, that's my feeling. Might. And it, it may not, how. it may not be a, it may not be a top six guy. It might be more like, you know, the Jordan Greenway type guy or, or, uh, Novak. Is that his name? Novak? Or I'm thinking Where? of BJ Novak from the office. <laughs> what's the name? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't what's play the, hockey. What's the name of the center who used to play for the Golden Knights? Oh, what's his name? Come on, people. Somebody phone in, please. <laughs> Oh no, that's not how this, Who's he not how this now? operates. He's a center, third line, he probably speeder, speedy center. But he plays for it? Vegas? Or nor nor no, he used to. Novak? Is that not his name? Anyway, Come on, Roy. Like, anyway, this is so good. Such I, good I, radio right there. I would love to uh, help you out, but I, I have no idea who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So let's say it's Novak and he's super good. Okay. It's not even so. a name. It's like a person. Okay. Yeah, keep going. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so, I'm, th- I'm thinking third line center with some speed. That's what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? And, and Vancouver fans would say, why are we messing with our third line? Because it's the best third line in hockey. Good point, right? Yeah, no, but for the first line. This is this is what I'm thinking is, is our fourth line. I like our fourth line. I like Amon, Amon and, and Hoaglander. And you put, um, what's his name out there too? And, uh, you know, the, the grit and the grind and, and the mm-hmm. speed that they have. I like it. Um, but I think the top six still needs another guy. I do. I, I think, but Pui Suter, I, I, I don't, I'm not afraid to give Suter a run here because he has put the puck in the net. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not afraid to put, give, uh, Pui Suter a little bit of a run because the thing is, if, if, because of his defensive ability, if he can then turn it into like a 20 goal season, that's what he wanted a top six, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Right? If but, he's scoring 20, 25 goals, that's top six material. Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. No, but the, I think the depth is what's, what's important. I get here. that, but right now, Suter in 35 games has 12 goals. Like I mean, how many goals he, does Hoglander have? Hoglander is 14. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand. Were we comparing the two? I'm just saying that doesn't mean he has to be on the top line, in the first line. No, no, I get that. But I'm just saying, like, they don't have a lot to give anymore. Like, I, mm-hmm. I just, like, people are talking about the Tanev trade, a second and a, and a no, prospect no, no. or something. I just, I just don't know. I don't think Vancouver has, like, who, I mean, if you're going to bring a defenseman in, which I don't think is a terrible idea, it's just it has to be with an upgrade approach. So mm-hmm. if you looking at the defense and go, Tyler Myers is not right-handed defenseman, he's not going to be here next year. We have to think about upgrading that. Um, then that's six million out, six million. You know, it, the team has to be able to take that, or you have to get a third team involved, or whatever. But there has to be. Uh, they're running out of assets to to give up without giving up really. I mean, an interesting one would be David Jurasek, uh, out of Columbus, who is really frustrated with his lack of playing time. And he's a legit prospect. He's like, I think he's 21 now. And he's like a good, 
you know, two-way type defenseman who would solidify your top four, especially with the age of being 21. If you could get him kind of like how you got Ronick last year, uh, that would be awesome. But I just don't know how you get, what you give up. You'd have to give up like a LeCaramacchi or a Wielander for sure. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, but, he was what, third overall or something? What was yeah. he? Yeah. Like you'd have to give up one of those two guys and another prospect and a pick probably at least to get him. Hmm. I, I just don't see Columbus trading him. I think they're going to work it out. I mean, that'd be dumb on their part because he's, he's a stud, but going back to where we're at. Hmm. So the Edmonton Oilers 16 game win streak, 32 points in that time. December 21st was the last time, um, was the first, of, the first game of this win streak in that time. Vancouver went 11-2-3 and and earned 25 points. So Edmonton's gone on this epic record-breaking streak and have only gained seven points on Vancouver. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, think about that. It's crazy. I mean, they caught caught L.A. and flew by them. Okay, I remember the name of the player now. Oh, good. Thomas Nocek. Nocek. Place for oh, no okay. He's been injured for a while. Anyway. Oh, good. We should get him then. Yeah, let's get him. He's injured. He's perfect. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting because what I, I mean, Lindholm's not having a great offensive year. Right. And, and people are like, why? Well, it's because he doesn't have, a, a, like, his two best offensive years, he had Kachuk and Goudreau, uh, Johnny Gaudreau, mm-hmm. who are both distributors of the puck, great passers, great players. And so he just, he's really good at getting to spaces and finishing. But when you have nobody to pass you the puck, when you get there, it's really hard to finish nothing. You can't finish nothing. Right. right. So I'm going to be, it's going to be interesting. That's why I think he has to play with Pedersen. Of course. Yeah, he will. Yeah. I also, I also don't, I still don't see Pedersen as a center right now. I think he's more well, effective on the center. wing. I know. I that's my point. I think PD's yeah. just more effective on the wing. Also, Lindholm's does, face-off does. percentage is like 56%. Yeah, that's good. And he's, and right. he's right-handed. He's and right. He's I mean, he still has 32 points this year. I mean, he's, you know, he's still got 23 assists. Yeah. It's not as bad as people try to make it out to be. So. What about him in Suter's spot on the power play? Oh, yeah, obviously. Right. He'll be, he'll be there. And he's going to get points. He's a good player. He is a good player. It's just, uh, uh, do, we, do you sign him up to a long-term contract? I ooh. mean, we have to see him play first. You don't just blind. That's why they did it with Zadorov, uh, Zadorov either. You have to see how he gels with the team and, and how it fits. And those are the things that we're not privy to. No. Uh, but Zadorov already been, he's been benched already. Uh, that's another kudos to talk. And I love that he will just say, mm-hmm. you got, you know what? You're not playing well. I'll call you out or I'm going to bench you. I'm not going to give you the minutes. Play the right way. You play. And that's what I love about him. That's why Noah Juleson, um, any trade, if we were going to do a defensive upgrade, we have that seventh defenseman who we can trust and mm. who is young enough to still not be offended by when he doesn't play. And when he comes in, he steps in right away and plays well. I really like Noah Juleson's development this year. Hey, I've been, in you play. know, you know, I've been a truther from the beginning. Juleson's yeah. been one of my men. What, one of my men? One of my, <laughs> one hey. of my, one of my dudes, like, dude, soldier like, for you. And he's been, he's, you know, they've given him a chance. Yeah. They, they stuck by him. He's playing good. I mean, I, I've been so impressed. I have to say, so impressed with how the Canucks management have dealt with this season so far. 
Like I have so much, like remember last year, man, in, in the past, we had zero confidence in the management grid of this team. Yeah. None, and none. right now we've got all these UFAs and I'm not worried at all. Not at all because the, the they've gotten out of the errors that they've made. So, you know, like Kuzmenko, they won the Kuzmenko sweep, sweepstakes and he hasn't been great. They got out of it. But that's yeah. five point whatever, five point two five whatever his contract was. That's cap space for next year. That's a significant yeah. amount of cap space they got out of it. Right? Oh yeah. A first Absolutely. Kuzmenko, a guy in the OHL, and a conditional yeah. fourth and Yermo, who's not going to probably even make the NHL. No, dude. They, 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 that's a they, that's a fantastic to me. Massive steal. Massive steal. You look at the Monahan deal. Ooh. A yeah, first for Monaghan, yikes! Yeah. That's a massive and yikes. How how good is Kent Hughes? Oh, like, like, it's two no, firsts for Monaghan. <laughs> two firsts. We oh, will take Monaghan, oh. and they get a first for taking him, and his yeah, six million dollar contract. Are you and sure? Then they give him oh away for a first. And that's it, brilliant. It, he wasn't even dealing with Benning on both ends. You know, like that. Oh the, man! The, brilliance that, of that, the other oh, thing I appreciate about that great. is that. Is that that Calgary one is I believe it's uh it's it's protected like it's like um there's some kind of condition on that first draft pick with or with Cal yeah the, oh the Calgary pick is next year so because Calgary has to receive Florida's pick so anyway the idea is in the end if Calgary's pick is first overall. Montreal received Calgary's 2025 third and the better of Calgary's. Oh, there's a whole bunch of things, whole bunch of scenarios. It's crazy. At the end of the day, he's going to get a first round pick either this year or sorry, not this year, uh, next year or 2026. But it's based on some protections. I mean, Calgary's not going to be good for a while because they're going <laughs> to regress. They're oh man. Gonna get, they're going to sell, they're going to sell some guys off. What do you, this what do you think about that Huberto contract, dude? Is that is that Huberdeau contract not the worst in in the NHL right now? Woo! Yeah, well the guy the guy that signed it's in Toronto now, and just yeah. signed Nylander, yeah. even a bigger one. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, but at least Nylander is he produces. He's a good player. I I quite like Nylander. There was talk of him coming to Vancouver while like off and on for the last few years, and I I've always really appreciated his game. I didn't at the time though. I didn't know if he could take it up another level, and he did. He did this year. He's a he's a complete player too. Like he's he'll play on the PK. He's smart. I I quite like him. We'll see. But Toronto. We'll see what he does in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. I mean that's that's you know where you got to earn your money, right? Exactly. But um, just just to continue my thought about this management group, like they we've got all these UFAs, and I was going to ask you about this, like about how worried you are about the UFAs. But I think that they are just so confident in what they're doing. And and they're so happy with what what Talkit has done to change the culture that I you know and and I mentioned last did we have a pod last week anyway in the last podcast yeah. that we had where where Alvin mentioned that they've had or it was Jr I can't remember but they've had all kinds of contact with agents telling them that that their players want to come to Vancouver and that yeah. sorry we just don't have the cap space right now and they're making yeah. the cap space so when they've got all these UFAs. They're not going to just, you know, do what Benning did and rush to sign them all. They, no. They feel confident that they'll be able to either, you know, get those guys signed at the dollar amount that they want, like, or they'll let them walk and sign somebody else. 
Like, look what they did with Bo Horvat. Like, would Jim Benning ever have done that? No. He would have absolutely signed Bo Horvat to even more. And he probably would have sent a second to the Islanders, even though they had nothing to do with re-signing Bo Horvat. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he would have got 9 million times 8. Jim Benning would have given Oh, so you know, I like I, I'm, you know, I the only the only thing I'm worried is is that they're going to lose, um, you know, the guy from the third line that I love so much, Joshua, Joshua. Dakota Joshua. That's the only one I'm a little bit worried. But I think I think they're like that might be the guy that they'll be like, no, no, we'll we'll Well, give him the money, and it'll be interesting how much he gets because he's he's on pace probably to get about forty points, let's say, for a third line. But that third line is, it's, it's more, it's also very effective. But when I'm looking at, okay, these are the UFAs, just so people know. First of all, Patterson's an RFA. Honestly, okay. with all the talk and everything, I still don't think he's going anywhere. I just don't. I, I just think this is just going to be dealt with at the end of the year. But it's going to okay. start, it's going to probably be a $12 million contract. Or more. Maybe, it, but it, I, it could I don't. Be more. I, I just don't know if he can exceed Matthews, McDavid. Like I understand there's a market reset all the time. I just don't. I just don't know if it can, and I don't know if he'll be up there with Nylander necessarily, uh, because he doesn't. Well, that's not true. He does everything. I, Nylander I, I absolutely does. think so he'll, he'll be around. Yeah, yeah, he'll be around Nylander. I don't know if he can get more than Nylander though. Maybe because of his position, but everything he offers is the same as Nylander. Let's say it's let's say it's twelve point five. Times what? Oh, I think you got to go eight if he's willing to. But if he only wants four, then you do four. He won't. I don't think it really. Uh, it's going to be short. I think. Yeah, I, and so what? Five. Like everyone five. with these, you try yeah. to do as long as you can. But if he only wants four, three or four, then do three or four. Well, like, do you honestly want him for eight years? I mean, he's what twenty five. You want him at thirty three, yeah. making twelve point mm-hmm. five? Probably not. It's actually Probably better if you get out of that contract when he's thirty. Yeah, maybe. Better for everybody. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if if. He says he wants to be here for eight years. You do it. Like yeah, okay. he, he's got a lot of leverage. Let's be honest. All right, let's go through the UFAs. So, <clears throat> okay. so, so that's not is, even a UFA. So Lindholm is the high, the biggest Lindholm, UFA we've got now. Yeah. So his contract this year is four point eight, <clears throat> and so he's probably going to demand. He's going to start asking. Eight. Or, the rumors were it started with a nine. Based on this year, it's going to start with an eight. It's going to be around uh, Bo Horvat stuff. Yeah. He's twenty nine. Yeah. He's turning thirty. But, but we'll see how the year goes. He might earn an eight with the start. So let's say his starts with an eight, right? Um, the only way he's getting eight is if he takes like a short-term contract, I think. There's no way you're going to give him eight times eight. No way. No, I, I don't, I think don't see that. that. I, I don't see. think that. His might be another – I mean, he wants to get as much as he can. He might have to do an eight times five kind of thing. Yeah, I could see that. Right? Um. But again, you know, like, uh, yeah, the age, okay. age isn't as bad as it used to be. I mean, you know, like guys are producing a little bit later in life now, but it's still your body slows down and, and caps you're going not up, as quick. So. And the cap's going up too. Yeah, I get that. But if we this have is the guy, if, if, if they really think that he, like, if he fits in and they're and yeah. you know, and they're like, this is the guy for our three four year window, and we'll then pay one extra year to get him signed. If they really yeah. think that Lindholm is the guy to help yeah. them win a cup. I mean, they they, they drafted him, didn't they? Didn't Jim Rutherford draft him? Uh, I don't know if Rutherford Pittsburgh. drafted him, but he yeah, was Pitts, Pittsburgh man. No, Carolina. Pitt. He's from Carolina. He went from Carolina to Calgary. No, oh, he was in Pittsburgh too. No, no, he was not. Okay, look it up. I am. I'll go through so the other UFAs. Okay, so Lindholm, 
Sutton was Williams. drafted by Pittsburgh. No, he was drafted by Carolina. He was traded to Pittsburgh. Or am I just making this up? You're making a lot of stuff up this morning. I, I Well, it's not morning for me. Maybe that's the difference. Oh, maybe that's the problem. So, he, anyway, he never played for Pittsburgh. So <laughs> he was drafted by Carolina. Okay, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. And then... Yeah, and then he got traded to Calgary. He got traded right. in the Hamilton deal. Ah, uh, the, the play, the play, the Broadway play, Hamilton. Yeah, he got traded for a play. No, he got <laughs> traded, but yeah, so he got traded from Carolina to Calgary because it was him and Hannafin. <clears throat> oh, right. For, oh, yeah, okay. For Dougie Hamilton. Oh, man. And so, and, uh, where's at my the brain time, Sorry, everybody. Yeah, okay. Um, Furland was in that, I think, too, because Calgary had Furland. He went to Carolina. Oh. Okay, so the other UFAs include. The next, the next big, who's the next top, do you think? The next tier. So the next one, uh, well, now we I have. I would say our backup so, goalie, man. What about our backup goalie? So we have, a, well, we also have a bunch of defense, too. So the next UFA, and, and by the way, an RFA, uh, I'm just, let me go through the forwards first. That's what I was doing. <clears throat> next forward, that uh, based on money this year, is Teddy Bluger. Mm-hmm. So I think he's an easy resign if you like him. <clears throat> he's not going to demand. He'll, he'll ask for a little bump up, probably. Because Teddy Bluger this year, um, he's got how many points does he have? Bluger, he's got 21 points. That third line's played well. Joshua is 23, he has 21, yeah. and Garland is 24. Like that's a lot of production for a third line. I but he'll get a bump. Like him and Joshua both get a bump. Uh, Joshua's the another guy on here, and then Sam Lafferty is the other guy. What a trade that was for a fifth round pick, <laughs> and he has 10 goals, 20 points, and he plays all over the place. Like he's a filler for injury, yeah. um, but also yeah, he's scared. I like him. Yeah, again, but none of these guys are like three million dollar players. Like that's what. No, no, no. That's I, the uh, danger. And Nicola I, I, Joshua is probably a three million dollar player. He's earned that probably. I would probably around three. No. Wow. You think? Yeah, I do. Uh, I do. It's a bit he's high. Turning, he's turning. He's only twenty seven. I think it's a bit high. Yeah, but I, who knows? I, I, mean, I, I hope I think they can get him for like I think two. A, a bit long. Yeah, uh, you can't do what what Benning did. You can't just start throwing tons of money at these three guys. times four or something. No, you can't do it. Yeah, you can't do that, right? And they they just can't. So he's but not even on the, the player, first or second line. You can't just pay him like, you know. No, you you, you can't. You can't no. like. Anyway, so those are the UFAs for the forward. So it's going to take. A, I mean, not all these guys are staying. But also we have younger players. We have Pod Colson coming back. We have like we have guys that are developing very well down on the farm too and overseas. Um, on defense, Tyler Myers. Uh, that's an expiring six million dollar contract, which is really nice. I I just don't see him coming back. Yeah. Unless it's significantly lower. Like I'm talking like two. <laughs> like he's 34 years old. I I just think that you 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 send him away. If, if if not at the trade deadline, if you're not going to do that trade deadline, then you're going to send him away. Uh, he's not going to come back. Mm-hmm. Nikita uh, Zadorov <clears throat> is a UFA. He's 28 years old. If you're looking at replacing Myers with him, giving him a bump to maybe four and a half million, I wouldn't go more than that for him though, for about three years, maybe. Uh, but he's I think looking, he'll get more. He's than looking that. to cash in. Yeah, I think he'll get more than that. Because you still got to sign uh, sign Philip Ronick too, because he's right. an RFA, That's right? Gonna be, and he's going to be yeah. six and a half, seven million. 
Yeah, that's going to be. He's only 26, so you can sign him for five years. And they're going to. See, this is the thing. I think the the Canucks have gone from being, you know, a disaster to possibly the, you know, back to where we were in 2011, the destination for players to go. And I I, I think JR and Patrick Alvey know this. And they're probably in no hurry to re sign any of these guys. That they think if this team's going to go on a long run, it's going to look so good. You're going to have hopefully PD signed. You've got, you're going to have Demko and Hironic and Hughes and people are going to want to come here. They're going to be able to just wait these guys out and say, Hey, you want to come back? Then you're, well, they won't, you're going to have to take to, a cut. Pedersen, yeah. Pedersen and Hironic, you won't wait out. No, 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 no. Those two are going to get what they want, but everybody else is going to have to take because, what they're being yeah. offered. Otherwise they'll just go a different direction. And that's fine. And, yeah, and if they go, like if Dakota Joshua wants to cash in on his great year, go for it. Like that, that's part of the game. Ian Cole is a UFA. He's making three million this year. I I don't see him making three million next <laughs> no, year. No, me neither. Um, but I don't see him leaving either. He came because of Tockett. He came because of Rutherford. He came because of Alvin. Yeah, I don't see him unless they win the cup. See, that's he the type. Uh, yeah, right. Right. But yeah, I, I, I I see him coming back. I do. I see Ian Cole. Uh, but they they'd be honest with him, saying, "Okay, I know you, you play really great minutes for us, but." We only got so much, so much money to go around, and we got to sign some of these young guys. You want to be part of this great culture, or if you want to move on and make your money, go for it. Mm. Right? That that'll be the conversation. That's that's what happens with these guys. Casey DeSmith is a UFA. He's making 1.8. Um, the fact is, he's 32 years old. He's not going to get much more of a bump up than that. But he might test the market first, and other other teams with poor goaltending might pay for him. You might have to bring a better guy in. It might be Silvov's time if he's – I don't know how he's developing down there. Um, but it might be his time to come up now and and just be the backup, you know? Yeah. So, but when we look at next year, there's a $2.3 million rec- recapture next year. Um, the problem is it's 25, 26, 26, 27, where it's $4.7 million. And that's yeah. going to be – that's going to be tough. You're going to lose. That's that's the year where hopefully the Karamaki's on the team. Wielander right. hopefully is close. You, can, you know, where, well, Pacozin <laughs> should be here next year. Let's be honest. Like, I, yeah. I really look at it. Like, so these are the guys that are going to come up pretty quick here. I think Carlson's very close to making this team. Mm-hmm. Baines. He's, a, he's an RFA. I don't know if Baines is quite ready yet. Next year he might make it. Maybe, but they might just give him another year. He's only 23. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Klimovich is done. I think they should try to <laughs> offload him. Yeah, we'll I really see. do. He might we'll go. See, but maybe, he might be a piece where they try to add something. Twenty-one, though, right? Like maybe yeah. they, uh, maybe he figures it out. But on the farm right now, uh, Paul Colson's playing well. He's an RFA as well, but he's only going to be a million because he's on the farm. I can see them giving Pod Colson and Carlson uh, kind of a two-year deal, like they did with Amon, where it's it's. Um, it's a pro contract. Mm. So that forcing them into the lineup. If that's the case, then you have to create space. That's where I see Sam Lafferty maybe doesn't make the team. Teddy Bluger maybe doesn't make the team. Right. Because you got to make space for these guys. Or you start, maybe Mikheyev is unloaded. He's not having a great year. Mm-hmm. Right. I like yeah, I, I think they, I think they think they can win with him. Uh, I think the knee injury is being a, a kind of a big thing. And if you heard what, uh, 
Yeah, for sure. Talkett sort of said. I mean, he Talkett even when he's kind of crushing somebody, he's he does it in such a good way. Like, because yeah. he was asked about you know Mikheyev's how Mikheyev's played and kind of how you know he hasn't performed, and he he said two things. He said, look, he's coming back from a really serious knee injury that you know can often take two years to be rehabbed from, and yeah. he was playing with. You know, the second thing he kind of said was, you know, he's playing with somebody who didn't quite, you know, wasn't quite getting, you know, the memos as far as how to play properly. He said, oh, you know, they're playing with too much space and stuff. But essentially, like, he was being pulled down by, you know. Kuzmenko. yeah. Same with, same with Pedersen. 100%. Well, Pe- yeah, Pedersen, 100%. That's, that's, that's the other reason why a, a lot of people really believe in the talent of, of Pedersen is because he played with – Arguably, Mikheyev is a defensive specialist, and Kuzmenko, who couldn't figure out how to play in, in a structured system. Pedersen was doing everything on that line. Pedersen has, and I get he's played with um, the lotto line for a little bit here, but he's only, I think he got like 18 or, nine, let's say 20 of his points with the lotto line. He still, that means, in in whatever, 10 games. He still then got in 39 games. He still had 44 points with arguably very little skill, offensive skill, because Kuzmenko wasn't playing well at all. And Mikheyev is just not that guy. That's the thing for me is when people talk about two top six, it's because I don't think Mikheyev's a top six. I think with Lindholm now, it allows you to explore to get more of an offensive-minded person. But it's got to be somebody that's cheap. It's got to be a throw-off from another team or a team that's uh, got some UFAs and they're not going to make the playoffs. Like, that's where the Canucks are at. They got to they got to think um, they got to be a little thrifty with their yeah, uh, yeah. with like kind of Zach Parise signed. I'm not saying he'd be that guy, but Zach Parise signed like a an entry level contract to play with Colorado. Right. That's an offensively gifted person, right. even at his age. He still understands offense. Colorado needed some offense. That's not going to be a game changer for them, but it's a guy who's who's been in the league for a long time. He's good for the young for any young guys. He's not a, he's not going to hurt you because he's only eight hundred twenty five thousand. That is the type of of thing Vancouver really needs to look at. You know what? I wouldn't be opposed to. I already said this before. Uh, just take take a flyer on Phil Kessel. Just 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 before the trade deadline. Sign him for the league minimum. The team just knows see. him. Just, he, I just, they know him. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah. He, this They've done it before. I mean, I know that I was like, like four years ago him. or whatever. But they brought him in, and he went in playoffs, and he scored some huge goals. Like, maybe this is a guy you, you, you basically you have – he's not playing so much. Maybe he's up in the, you know, up in the stands most of the time. But maybe you, you bring him in on the fourth line, and who knows? He scores a magic goal. Never know. You know, that's it's just another little ticket that you could add for for cheap on the cheap, and I think that's the yeah. same thing they should do with defensive depth. You know, you've heard you've heard the name Nick Sealer. This is a guy making like 800k or something in Philly, and Philly is still wants to be in the playoffs. But I, I think okay. Tanner is just going to be so expensive. Um, I, I don't think you, you know Tana, Zach Bogosian kind of guy, like just just a veteran guy that can he actually number 15 in the league, man. Like Luke oh, Shen. Well. Like that that type of guy, you know, a guy who's yeah. really uh, maybe a, a six, maybe a you know five six guy that's big, not too expensive, 
Nothing flashy. Just to push Juleson, you know, or if we get a little injury and you got somebody you can just drop in there. Oh, yeah, I totally. Cheap, I totally, though. See, Cheap. To me, to me, Juleson is your, is your insurance because he's playing so well and he knows the system so right. well. Um, I don't think Friedman is your other one. And right now, Friedman's no, up no. on the team. Right. right. So I would, I would do an upgrade on Friedman is what I would look at a left-handed defenseman. Uh, or actually a right-handed just to, to level everything oh, out possibly. Good luck. Good luck. Right. But it, it'll probably be a left-handed defenseman. But you really got to just look at the, at the teams at the bottom who are going to be selling. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard. Like, I don't think a Jacob Chikorin type trade is going to happen where you go for a really elite guy. Like you'd have to give up Myers in that one or, or Zadorov or something. Um, but I don't see that kind of trade happening. So I think that, yeah, I think I agree with you. They're going to have to look at, uh, lower veterans. I don't think Philadelphia, I mean, Philadelphia could surprise people and go, we're going to kind of make the playoffs and sell off our guys at the same mm-hmm. time. Uh, that's possible. I know they're looking at Loughton, the availability oh, yeah. for him. Right. Mm-hmm. That's um, the type. Yeah. That's the but type. But he's got team. two years after this still. Like he's 29 though. I, I don't know. I don't yeah, see I don't him like doing that. that. No, I don't but either. Sean, Sean Walker though is a yeah is a, a UFA and so is Nick Sealer. So and both guys are thirty. So a Nick Sealer type, possibly. Yeah. Um, it's just what do you give up for that? It has you don't want to give up picks anymore. You can't give up future picks. No, they've already exhausted that. So I think you have to really look at. Although, do you know what's interesting is do you know what team really needs a goalie right now is Philly. Yeah, so, I wonder why. Yeah, uh, I don't know if we want to touch that today, but um, if we want to keep this a positive, I did mention it earlier, but. Yeah, I don't want yeah. to talk. So, I mean, not that you trade DeSmith there, but maybe you, if you look at your goalies and go, Silvogs isn't going to be our guy, um, then you, then maybe that's, that's your trade is so it will give you this young goalie because they got Samuel Erson, uh, who's playing well. Um, they got Cal Peterson up now, but you know, that's not, that's not doing anything. Right. So I, I don't know what their goalie depth is. They got Carson Bjarnson, but he's got years away. Ivan Fedotov is that Russian. Okay. I mean, in the end, it doesn't matter. What, like what we know is they're not no, going to trade a guy from the roster. Nobody from the roster is going anywhere. They're not going to, they're not going to, I'll call say it, that. I'll call it right now. Nobody from the roster is going to be traded before the trade deadline. This team has done too much. I don't too know. Too much don't, to I get would, them where they're at. They're not trading Myers. Forget about it. I, I, I don't. Bet. Okay. Well, if you if you think they're going to trade the six foot five, two hundred and thirty pound defenseman that they just traded for, which is going to get, make no, them difficult to play against in the playoffs, well, who else would they trade? Myers. They're not trading. No, no. Yeah. They're going to want Myers in the playoffs. Why? Oh, so because they like killing penalties. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> you really think they're going to trade Myers? I don't. I think this is what I think about this team, about the management group. I think they're not afraid to upgrade the team, regardless of where they are in the standings. If there is a trade to be made to okay. make this team better, and if Tyler Myers had to be the guy that goes, they'll make that trade. And I have full confidence in it. I like all of the moves they made. Even the Kuzmenko one when he came over and then they signed him to the five and a half. I was like, I didn't love that actually. I hated that signing because I was like, okay, he scored 39 goals his first year. 
but he had to reward it, right? What I liked, it was only a two-year contract, which made him, and, and in their minds, I know they talked about this. Let's say he has a dud year. It's only five and a half million for two years. Or, or not only, but you know, it's five and a half million. It's only for two years. If we had to get out of that contract, we can by trading or whatever, because they had the brief history. It's not like this guy scored 39 goals in the league 12 years ago. He scored 39 goals in this league last year. So teams then can say, like Calgary, they give up the best player in this trade for a guy who's scuffling, not playing well, but he has scored 39 year goals just the year before. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I hated the signing, but I, I liked how quickly they moved off of it. That's what this group does really well. I think they like Myers. Oh, I do too. I actually, I don't think, I'm not saying Myers will get traded. I'm saying I I am not confident 100% saying nobody on this roster is going to be taken off because of the way these guys Mm. operate. They're always exploring and talking. And all of a sudden, if a guy becomes available that no one thought like Philip Ronick, and it's like, okay, well, we're making this trade. Now, that one didn't cost you anybody off the roster. But if you had to for matching purposes for salary, okay. then you got it. So, yeah, so in Vancouver, like you mentioned, Chikrin, for example. So Vancouver was all in with Ottawa on Chikrin, and they had to make the salary work. Then then I could see it. But it would have to be That's the only reason. that kind of level of a trade. Oh, and like you, 100%. And, like, what would it take? It would take, yikes. Yeah, it would I mean, take a lot. You'd have to give up your 2025 first. You're not in that conversation no. Vancouver, Vancouver shouldn't be in that conversation. I think they're looking at everything. The nice thing is, is they're very honest about how they feel about draft picks versus mm-hmm. prospects. They felt that their first round pick, first round pick this year was a lot lower on the prospect list. So if you were to write a list of the top prospects, you got LeCarrie Mackey at the top, you got Wielander. Their draft pick, the 2024 draft pick was falling as they stay at the top. If that's a mid-round pick, it's different, right? But they're at the, they wouldn't be making these trades if they were barely going to make the playoffs. They're making these trades because they are a Stanley Cup contender, whether people want to believe it or not. And so that makes this pick now fall down though, the, because you don't know what a prospect you're going to get. You don't know how good that guy's going to be. He's an unknown right now. And so it's not LeCaramaki. It's not Wielander. It's not Hoglander. And Hoglander wouldn't even be considered a prospect now. It's not Pod Colson. Mm. You know, it's not Carlson. No, but what I'm saying is this pick is falling below them because you don't know that pick. And so in their mind, they didn't give up anything. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Significant. Oh, right? yeah. Sure. Yeah. So they're happy. Yeah. Fine. Oh, Take no kidding. We don't know who that guy is. And we like six or seven. Don't forget Elias Pedersen, the other one who yes. has great world juniors. He wasn't touched either. And and people people forget him, but I think he's very high on the list. He may he he's going to be yeah, and he's going to for sure he's he's over here next year. Yeah, playing playing so for Abby. Gonna, he's so only Lecaire two Mack years away. Be here next year, Pedersen's going to be here next year. Wheelander will stay in college for another year. They don't need to do anything with him. He's had a great Boston College, uh, yeah, Boston so University. They basically so, need to look at next year again. You know, like just nothing long term. So. I mean, that's why I, I could see nothing happening unless you already mentioned uh, Her- 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 Heronic. So it would have to be yeah. something along that lines where 
something comes up and I, I just don't see that happening at, at no. this trade deadline. And that's sort of my point. It's like, that's the kind of deal that I think would happen outside of the trade deadline. You know, it would be during this, during the season or during the off season. Off season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now they have four picks this year, a third, uh, two sixth and a seventh. Yeah. It's they not have good. A conditional. They have a conditional fourth with New Jersey. That's only the fourth becomes the third if Vancouver makes it to the finals. Wow. And then if the pick remains a fourth, Calgary gets the better of the two picks. So at worst, um, at the very worst, Vancouver is going to have that draft pick. Like their draft pick is going, they're going to have five draft picks, sorry. So right now they have round three. That could be they don't have round three, but then they have two in round four. So let's say they they do exactly what we hope they do. They lose the third round pick. So they're going to have two in the fourth round, two in the sixth, and a seventh. That would be their their draft haul this year. So five <laughs> picks, but all later. Like they won't even draft till the fourth round. So, And I could banking. see them still moving one of those before the deadline. You know, like I could see yeah, one of those I, fourths going for like a depth defenseman. For sure. Maybe. I think they'll try to do kind of future stuff. I mean, they still got their fourth in the next two years and fifth in the next two years. They'll try to do future stuff. Uh, I, I just don't know if they will, though. But they are going to make more moves. This team isn't content right now. They're going to make depth moves. They have to. And the other thing that we haven't luckily had to had to talk about is, is uh, you know, a lot of these teams that are playing super well right now haven't had significant injuries other than Winnipeg. Winnipeg had Connor come, or Connor was out for a while. He came, comes back, and then Shifley goes out for a while. So that team's gone through like superstar type injuries. We haven't had that. <clears throat> We've yeah. had injuries. Susie's been out long term twice now. We've had significant injuries on our back end, uh, mainly Susie. But yeah, we haven't. Yeah. We have knock on wood. We haven't had that that to go through that. But neither have the top teams. That's why they're up there for the most part. This might be the year. This might be the year. Yeah. When we look, so I was talking about like when we look at Edmonton versus Vancouver, uh, the next ten games. Like I look at Vancouver, they play. They play three teams, four teams in the top ten in the next ten games. Mm -hmm. Edmonton plays two. Sorry, three. So we got one more game. But Edmonton, they're, they play Anaheim, which could be the record setter, by the way, if they beat Vegas. Uh, and they play Minnesota. Those are pretty low teams. Uh, we play Minnesota and we play Chicago. That's pretty low for us. But we have a tough schedule here. Like, we only have three teams that are below uh, 20th overall in the league out of the 10 games. We only play three. Where Edmund plays, Edmonton plays four. So their schedule over the next two is a lot easier than ours. Mm. Plus we have a, we start off with a five game road trip and Edmonton does play six on the road, but they do three, come home for one, then do another three. And they're all in the West coast. Ours is east. So to start off with the 10 games, Edmonton easily in the next 10, you could say we both play Boston. That'd be our hardest competition. Um, 
Edmonton could easily go eight and two in the next ten, where we could easily go five and five. Yep. Sure. So so Edmonton and Edmonton has games in hand. So I mean the the thing is Edmonton is a very real possibility of of being right there with us at the end, which makes yep. it exciting for this team because Vancouver wants to play the best. So they get they get Carolina ninth overall in the league, then they get Boston second overall in the league, then they get Detroit thirteenth overall in the league, and then they go to Washington Chicago who are not very good. But that's a tough three games to start off after the All Star break. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to play good teams. So That's what we want. We want to see where this team stacks up. That's right. Right? And now there's some – uh, uh, I mean, with Boston, there's already something there. But now with the Demko snub on Swayman, uh, I, I don't know. I'm kind of liking it. Although, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if uh, – Love it. I wouldn't be – yeah, I, I wonder. I, I wonder if DeSmith plays Carolina just to give Demko an extra day off. Because he would have all the travel and stuff with the All Star Game, I wonder if DeSmith starts in Carolina. Yeah, I don't know. And let them go play against Boston. He's from Boston, isn't he? Demko? Yeah. No, he's from. Uh, oh, he's from California, isn't he? San California. Diego or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't know. Here. I don't know. But anyway, but DeSmith has to start playing some games because that's another. Th- that's one knock I will say is that. You know that like, Vancouver doesn't like Edmonton's going to be coming up, and I know I'm just focusing on Edmonton because of the hottest team, and they're in our division. Edmonton has a ton of back-to-backs coming up and all that stuff, so they're going to have to play their second goalie as well. Skinner's played really great, but Pickard's not Skinner, and so um, it's going to be interesting to see how much they can maintain this. Where Vancouver, we don't, I don't, we don't have a ton of back-to-backs like Edmonton does, but we got a few like Saturday. Yeah. And it looks like I've lost Roy. He was on to a good point, though, talking about back-to-backs. Uh, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes, uh, maybe, I think he spontaneously fell asleep. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, episode 117 of the Johnny Canuck Pod. Uh, thank you, everybody, and we, uh, hope the Canucks, uh, the six of them do well in the, in the, uh, All-Star game, and look forward to... Elias Lindholm and the uh, the team moving forward. This has been uh, the Johnny Connick Podcast.